Episode 72, the fourth Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year B. Faith, Hope and Love, a time of scripture, prayer and reflection. Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from the nations to give thanks to your holy name and make it our glory to praise you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. As we gather together, brothers and sisters, on this fourth Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year B, Let us acknowledge our sins so as to prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. Lord Jesus, you call your people to turn away from sin. Lord, have mercy. You teach us wisdom and write your truth in our inmost heart. Christ have mercy. You forgive sins through the ministry of reconciliation. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of good will. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray. Grant us, Lord our God, that we may honour you with all our mind and love everyone in truth of heart. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 18, verses 15 to 20. Moses spoke to the people. He said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own kin. You shall heed such a prophet. This is what you requested of the Lord your God at Horeb 
on the day of the assembly, when you said, Let me not hear the voice of the Lord my God any more, or ever again see this great fire, lest I die. Then the Lord replied to me, They are right in what they have said. I will raise up for them a prophet like you, from among their own kin. I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them everything that I command him. Anyone who does not heed the words that he shall speak in my name, I myself will hold him accountable. But any prophet who speaks in the name of other gods, or who presumes to speak in my name, a word that I have not commanded him to speak, that prophet shall die. The Word of the Lord Oh, that today you would listen to the voice of the Lord. Do not harden your hearts. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. O that today you would listen to his voice. Do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness, when your ancestors tested me and put me to the proof though they had seen my work. Or that today you would listen to the voice of the Lord, do not harden your hearts. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Chapter 7, verses 32 to 35. Brothers and sisters, I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the affairs of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about the affairs of the world, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. The unmarried woman and the virgin are concerned about the affairs of the Lord, so that they may be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is concerned about the affairs of the world, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to put any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and unhindered devotion to the Lord. The Word of the Lord Alleluia, Alleluia Alleluia. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark Chapter 1 verses 21 to 28 The disciples went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. 
They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing the man, and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching, with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once Jesus' fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord The events of today's Gospel were astounding to the people of our Lord's time some 2,000 years ago, not because he was casting out evil spirits. That seems to be something that us modern listeners get a bit stuck on. We can find it hard to understand the world in its pre-scientific or medical way of seeing things. The wonder of this scene is actually that Jesus spoke and acted with an authority that was unlike anyone had ever seen or heard. He spoke as the Holy One of God and with all the authority that that brings. 2,000 years ago, spirits were an accepted part of life. The culture of the time said that naming a spirit would gain power over it and vanquish it. But here... The man who calls out to Jesus accurately names him as the Holy One of God, but it doesn't do anything to weaken or vanquish our Lord. And even more so, Jesus cures and frees the man without ever engaging himself with the apparent spirit or naming it. Our Lord is more powerful than anyone or anything, and he did not act according to the established expectations or limitations of the time. The Lord does not give any quarter to destructive or negative things or people, and does not entertain the false paths of these things either, even to the point of arguing from his life-giving perspective. This gospel teaches us that Christ's authority was absolute. He had no need for bowing and scraping to any other powers or dominions, and had no intention of doing so. Jesus, in this weekend's gospel, is described as speaking with authority, And that deeply impresses those who hear him. It is an authority that is so different from what they're used to experiencing, from their usual religious leaders, who should be inspiring and should be speaking with authority as well. It goes to show there are two types of authority, one that derives from the office that a person holds, the authority and respect due to the position, And then there's personal authority that speaks powerfully of the inner integrity, the vision, the values of that person, who they are. When both of these types of authority are found together, then history has before them a great and impressive leader. Our Lord never had a formal office in his society, other than being rightly described as rabbi or teacher. However, his authority was absolute deep within the truth of who he is, firm in his relationship to the Heavenly Father as his Son, clear of vision and consistent in action and word, unlike those others who were just mouthing the words 
and going through the motions, but who at the same time did not know the spirit of the gospel, nor did they know the one who embodies this perfectly, Christ himself. We too can only speak with authority to the extent that we stay connected to Christ, who is the authority. We cannot hope to speak or act with any kind of authority unless we speak in union with God's words, live God's values, and with God's grace embody God's vision in practical ways. Sadly, in this day and age, just as in Christ's time, there are many who profess to be speaking God's word and being faithful to God's ways, but they are actually far from him. It is a danger, and it is sad to see, but it is possible to be a cliché Christian, a shorthand disciple of Christ. This is when one replaces the vibrant, integrated and person-centred message of Jesus and... In its place is a cut-down, legalistic, fear-filled, non-compassionate shadow of what Jesus was really about. That's what the Pharisees and scribes were doing in Christ's time. They were saying, we've got the message. We are the representatives of God and we're keeping God's laws. Yet they were being hypocritical. They weren't being loving. They weren't being merciful or just. And worse still, they were missing the forest for the trees. They were focusing on the letter of the law and missing the whole point of God's law, which was to serve humanity and help it to be the best person that God wanted them to be. The true test of their faithfulness to God was how they responded to the embodiment of God when they met him, that is, when they met Christ. These so-called faithful followers of God failed miserably in this test because when they came across Christ, they rejected him and opposed his vision. The danger of this continues for us today. This isn't just a cautionary tale for people 2,000 years ago. We too must stay very close to the person and the message of Christ and learn from him and feel and experience his compassion and love for all people because that is what motivated his mission. Without that, we too could fall into a trap of living outward appearances and missing the point of God's unfathomable love within us. It's ironic. Jesus was able to cast out many spirits and to heal many people's illness, but he was not able to cast out the evil of malice and deception that was in the hearts of his opponents. People who would lie and deceive in order to wrongly accuse him of sedition, in order to have him crucified. But it was because they were too willful, and they were using their God-given free will to do evil. They were deliberately and stubbornly cooperating with evil in their hearts, and choosing to oppose Jesus. And so, Jesus had to suffer, die and rise again in order to break the power of their malice. We must not allow ourselves to be distracted in our service of God's kingdom and the values of the gospel. As St. Paul is really saying in the second reading, whether through married vocation or through celibacy, we are all called to be at the service of the kingdom, for both have their place in God's vision. We are, whether we're married or single, to be single-minded in God's service through various wonderful vocations and callings. So what really counts is listening to what God wants of us here and now, married or single, with God's help, and then striving to live that vocation well.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. We come together in worship of our God, and like the people in the synagogue, Recognize Christ's authority. Let us now place our prayers before the Lord, assured of a hearing. For the Church, that it may discover a real spirit of prayer. Lord, hear us. For the world to experience a real desire for peace and to work to achieve it. Lord, hear us. For the suffering, that they may receive the healing power of the Lord and practical and compassionate help from people around them. Lord, hear us. For all single people, that they devote themselves to you, Lord, and listen to your call, and that through prayer and action they will devote themselves to do your work on earth. Lord, hear us. For people of every vocation, married, single, religious, that all people with God's grace will produce wonderful fruits for the kingdom of God. Lord, hear us. For all the dead, that they may enter eternal life and be received mercifully into God's kingdom of light and peace, especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. God ever-loving, who overcomes evil, help us to overcome the chaos of our world and bring forth your goodness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, we bring to your altar these offerings of our service. Be pleased to receive them, we pray, and transform them into the sacraments of our redemption. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For we know it belongs to your boundless glory that you came to the aid of mortal beings with your divinity and even fashioned for us a remedy out of mortality itself, that the cause of our downfall might become the means of our salvation through Christ our Lord. 
Through him the hosts of angels adores your majesty and rejoices in your presence for ever. May our voices, we pray, join with theirs in one chorus of exultant praise as we acclaim, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. At the Saviour's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you, Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek, for they shall possess the land. Let us pray. Nourished by these redeeming gifts, we pray, O Lord, that through this help to eternal salvation, true faith may ever increase. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Faith, Hope and Love, a time of Christian worship and reflection, led by Rev. Paul W. Kelly. The texts used in this program are for the purposes of worship and prayer for listeners wherever you are. Prayers and chants are taken from the English translation of the Roman Missal, edition 3, copyright 2010, the International Commission on English in the Liturgy, ICEL. Scriptures are from the New Revised Standard Version, copyright 1989, by the National Council of Churches of Christ, USA. Adaptations to conform with Catholic liturgical norms, copyright 2009, by the same. Faith, Hope and Love theme, words based on 1 Corinthians 13, 4-13, and set to original music, copyright 1996 and 2016, by Paul W. Kelly. Production by Kelly Enterprises Resources. Contact us at paulwkelly68 at gmail.com. May God bless and keep you.